Hi there and welcome to our Good Friday podcast at Kirkliston Parish Church. Chances are that you have been joining us throughout this Holy Week as we discovered the different perspectives of characters such as Mary and Peter and John and the unnamed woman with a whole lead up to this day the crucifixion and death of Jesus. It is quite somber and it is quite sad, but it is rich in meaning. And though it is very sad, we know that it is also one of the greatest days because it signifies the start of the new covenant being fulfilled, the final and ultimate lamb being sacrificed for the sin of the world. So, yeah, we encourage you to join us on this journey as we dive into chapter 19 of John's Gospel. And our theme for today is, It is finished. May you be blessed during our time together. Let us pause as we pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for sending Jesus. For giving his life for us so that we can be freed, liberated and emancipated from ourselves and from the darkness of evil. We thank you for giving us yet another chance and forgiving us all our iniquities, taking it to the cross with you. And on that day on Calvary, yes, Lord. For love and by love, you gave it all so that we might experience reconciliation to you. And we thank you for that. And so now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be accepting in your sight. For you are our Redeemer and our Savior. Amen. Let's hear from God's word. John 19, Jesus sentenced to be crucified. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law and according to that law he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid and he went back inside to the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, 
You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a palace known as the Stone Pavement. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that Everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Amen. And thanks be to God for this reading from His Holy Word. The ancient Greeks boasted of being able to say much in little, to give an ocean of meaning in a mere drop of language. Tetelestai is one such a word, rich in meaning, translated simply as it is finished.
Of all the concluding words Jesus could have uttered following his lashing, flogging, rejection, abandonment, humiliation, agony and suffering, pain, the Gospel of John chose this word, tetelestai. Why? Why would he do that? Surely there must be some significance here. It's used only twice in the whole New Testament here and two verses earlier in verse 28. Let's look at how we would use this word today and how the Greeks used this word then and why Jesus used this word to enhance the gospel message, the good news for all. It comes from the Greek word telos, simply translated finished or complete. It's kind of like the word you'd use when you've bagged yet another Monroe. Reaching the summit, you'd say tetelestai. Handing in the final copy of your dissertation, tetelestai. Completing the kilt walk, tetelestai. The word was commonly used in the ancient world of the New Testament. Servants reporting to their master would say, I have successfully tetelestied the work you assigned to me, master. Artists looking at their painting or sculpture, admiring their handiwork, thinking no more correction is needed. This cannot be further improved or bettered. Laying down their paintbrush or their chisel saying, it is done, completed. Priests sacrificing unblemished, faultless, acceptable lambs to God in the temple on the Day of Atonement would say, it is done, atonement for another year. And then finally, when we think of debt, creditors would write, Tetelestai on business documents or receipts to show that a bill had been paid in full. And if you've ever been in a position where debt had been cancelled or written off, you'd be familiar with the feeling of relief and freedom that comes with it. And then Jesus uses the word. It is finished. Tetelestai. Notice not I am finished, but it is finished. Why then? Well, for Christ, it means a lot of things. It means the mission is complete. He has accomplished what he had come to do. He has borne the weight of the world's sin. He has set in motion the events that will defeat Satan. He's made it possible for the world to be saved. All that was required by law before sinners could be saved had now been performed. It's interesting when we look at the grammar. It's in the perfect present tense. And that's important. Yeah, it is. Tetelestai speaks of an action which has been completed in the past with results continuing into the present. In other words, this happened and it is still in effect today. It is finished in the past, it is still finished in the present, and it will remain finished in the future. Incredible. It can't be made unfinished. Jesus' work of redemption is complete. Nothing 
needs to be or can be added to it. Satan is defeated and rendered powerless because of the final sacrifice. Sin is atoned for, our debt written off. We owed a debt we could never pay. The payment required death. And when Jesus said, Teta lestai before his death, he was saying that the sin debt was paid in full. For you, for me and for the world. It was a, a cry of triumph and surrender at the same time. Warren Whisper said, he took my bankruptcy and covered it with his solvency. And in that one word, is contained the ground of the believer's assurance, the sum of all joy, and the spread of all divine consolation. Frank Braveman makes an interesting observation. He says, The divine self-satisfaction appears only twice, once in every testament. When God completed the work of creation, he looked upon it and said, hmm, very good. And when he completed the work of redemption in the New Testament, he cried with a loud voice, it is finished. An evangelist, Alexander Wooten, once approached by a young man who was asking, he said to him, evangelist, what must I do to be saved? It's too late, he replied. The young man became alarmed, asking, Do you mean that it's too late for me to be saved? Is, is there nothing that I can do? Alexander Wooten replied, Too late. It's already been done. It is finished. Tetelestai, the only thing left to do is to believe. And because it is finished, God is never finished with us. His love for us is unfailing, never-ending, all-consuming. We can't hide from it. Not even death can separate us from it. Maybe you feel finished. You're in pain and suffering, grief, bereavement, depression, mental health problems. The type you feel no one understands or fully comprehends. You feel like you're in debt. Jesus gave up his spirit so he could give you his. So you're reminded that you've, you've been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. And because of that, you are worthy and valued. So much so that Jesus was willing to to take to the cross all your iniquities, all your wrongdoings, sin and rebellion. That's grace. Unmerited favor. You've been pardoned, forgiven. Why else would we call it Good Friday? Friends, we know it's not the end of the story. And so we pause today to think and ponder what the God of all creation came to do in love through His Son, Jesus. To reconcile us to the Father. Salvation is complete. It is done. And because of that, God isn't done with the world. With you, 
and with me. There is always hope. There is always faith. There is always love because of his great sacrifice. May that resonate deep into your hearts as you come to a standstill today and tomorrow on Silent Saturday, looking forward to the celebration of Christ's resurrection. Amen.